FinTech Hunting is hosted by Michael Hammett, JD, CMT, keynote speaker, author, and founder and president of Next Level Advisors. Join Michael as he seeks out tech visionaries, leading lenders, trailblazing executives, and other financial influencers to bring you actionable insights and lead generation tactics, all centered around industry greatness and success. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new episode of the FinTech Hunting Podcast. We'd like to thank our sponsors in Celerate, WFG Enterprise Solutions, Next Level Advisors, and FinLocker. I am so excited for our next guest. You guys are in for a treat today. She is a leading loan officer. She is a podcaster. She was just recently named a top producing leader by 2020 Vision for Success Coaching and an all around fabulous person. Please help me welcome Erin Carvelli. She is joining us today. Please welcome her. Hi, Michael. Thank you so much for having me. Well, Erin, it is great to have you. Thank you so much for joining us. You have such a wealth of knowledge and experience. And before we start talking, you know, mortgages and technology and everything else, tell us, how did you get into the mortgage industry? I always find these stories fascinating with my guests. <laughs> well, the, the short version is that uh, my my first ever job was at a, uh, at a bank. I was... Um, a customer service rep. I opened new accounts and um, someone came in one day with a mortgage application. I had no idea what it was. I brought it over to my supervisor who told me to walk it upstairs to the mortgage department. And uh, that kind of uh, piqued my curiosity. So uh, I, I asked them up once I got upstairs, uh, you know, hey, how, how do I learn more about this? And very luckily, my, my company had a great little university for all the employees. So I um, was able to go and, and learn about mortgages. And uh, that was kind of the beginning of it. But um, I became a processor. Then I was an underwriter. Uh, then I, I kind of wanted to gravitate towards the sales side. So um, I got into uh, originations and never looked back. So uh, here we are 25 years later. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is fantastic. And I love how you got started. I mean, I always find it interesting. Some people stumble across it. You were at least working in financial services, but you walked up those stairs. And, and like we said, the rest is history. You've been doing some incredible things in the industry. And I I love your background of you've processed loans, you've underwritten loans, you have then switched to the sales side. I think it really rounds out your knowledge of all of the steps to be successful in producing mortgages and creating relationships. So I love to have you on the show. Tell me a little bit, you know, we just finished 2020. It was a historically great year from the mortgage perspective. We have a pandemic, so we don't want to ever minimize that. Uh, we had low rates, high volumes, sometimes capacity issues. We're now into 2021. There's talk that, you know, refis will start to slow up. Purchases will start to, you know, pick up. What are some of the biggest challenges you see as a loan officer for us in 2021? Well, I certainly agree that, you know, refinances are going to taper off, um, you know, almost ever since the beginning of the year, we've seen rates just trending up a little bit. I, I think the, the best rates are behind us at this point. 
Um, and, and I think one of the things that I'm seeing and I, I'm getting feedback from my realtor partners is that we're really struggling, uh, especially in our area. I'm about 45 minutes south of Manhattan um, in New Jersey, and our inventory is it's slim pickings. Um, we've got clients who are making offers, uh, you know, there's 25 offers coming in at highest and best. Um, and, and it's tough for some of those first time home buyers because we've got people from our area, not only the people that are, you know, kind of mass exiting the city, but we've got people who, you know, they're looking to put three and a half percent down, five percent down, or they're, you know, looking for an FHA loan or a VA loan. And they're getting beat out by cash offers or, you know, bigger down payment um, pre-approvals and things like that. And it's it's tough. Um, and I, I people are getting very stressed out and, and disappointed. Um, and the realtors, I, I feel bad for them too, because they've got all this work they're doing and, and nothing's coming of it. So I think that's that's definitely a challenge right now. Um, and I, I think what I'm hoping is that um, we'll have a, a robust spring market. Hopefully the impacts of COVID will lighten a little bit. You know, hopefully we're drawing towards the end of, of that um, with you know, vaccines and things coming out, but um, hopefully people will be more willing to put their homes on the market, to have people come through to see the houses. And, and hopefully that'll, you know, kind of get rid of that, that issue. So that's, that's, right. uh, yeah. <laughs> So tell me about, you know, if I'm a, a borrower, especially you had mentioned first time borrower, what are some of the things that they can do, especially as it relates to working with a loan officer, working with a mortgage company so that they're better in a position, better position when they make that offer? Uh, tell me well, about, should they be pre-qualified? What are the steps? Walk us through that a little bit. Sure, and and I've done this always, um, you know, with my clients because I want to feel confident in the pre-approval letter that I'm providing them with, um, but also that they're feeling confident that they can actually buy the house that they're interested in. So I collect all of my documents from my clients up front. They either apply online or you know via a conversation with me, and I, I make sure that I'm reviewing all income and assets, running credit, all of that up front because you know some loan officers I, I know in the past have just kind of taking the borrower's word. Okay, yes, I make $60,000 a year. Okay, yeah, I've got 30 grand in the bank and they just spit out a letter. And, um, you know, th those people are the ones that are gonna get themselves in trouble. The, you know, they may make an offer on something and, and maybe they're, you know, using overtime in their calculation um, for their income. And maybe we can't use that because they haven't received it, you know, uh, consistently, or maybe they've had impacts because of COVID. A lot of people haven't worked the overtime. Um, so making sure that you're fully qualified and you've provided your loan officer with everything they need you know to confirm all of that is, is so important and we've almost at this point been doing um tbd commitment letters or approval letters i should say we can't do a commitment without an appraisal but basically having the borrower completely qualified just subject to an appraisal title work homeowners insurance and, and that's it um and I, I found that that really helps borrowers you know, if realtors are looking at a stack of 10 pre-approvals and one is, you know, a little bit better that says everything's been reviewed, this loan is approved subject to these things. Um, we've had borrowers win some deals because of that. Great insights. What are some of the ways that, you know, we're dealing, we're still dealing with COVID. Like you said, there's there's a silver lining that we hope that vaccines will continue to be rolled out and more and more people will get those. Um, but as we're still working our way, it's been over a year, how do you engage with borrowers in this environment? 
You know, there's very little face-to-face -face meetings. Like you said, people don't want to come into the homes. A lot of offices still aren't open or aren't fully open. What do you do to engage with prospective borrowers? Well, the great thing about my company is that we've actually always been a distributed company. So we are not feeling the stress and the scramble um, that other companies did when, when the world began to shut down. Um, everyone had their home office set up, set up already. We were you know, utilizing task management systems to keep our, um, our team together and cohesive. So it wasn't a huge gear shift for us. Um, I had an office for a number of years and it kind of came that, you know, no one wanted to come see me. <laughs> so I, I shut the office down. Why am I paying rent? I created a, a nice home comfy spot. And um, so I, everything I've done has, has been online or, or over the phone for the most part um, for, for years anyway. So I didn't feel a, a huge impact of it. Um, and same thing with my realtor partners. You know, we, we always um, touch base over the phone or, you know, there's, there's kind of had calls set up and, and scheduled. So I didn't really feel like, you know, there was too much gear shifting. Um, the biggest gear that was shifted is, you know, we went into this huge refinance market. And um, what I really utilized most was my CRM system to, um, you know, ping everyone and, you know, send out emails and we sent out postcards through the CRM and, and really utilize that as our, our biggest tool um, to engage with um, my book of business, um, which, you know, having that all in one place and being able to market to it was, was huge for me. So. Um, well, you just brought up a ton of hot topics that I want to make sure that we dive into. Uh, I know our listeners are taking you know tons of notes and writing it down, but you'd mentioned you have to have a database. Yes. Right? You've got to have the ability then to whether it's send out emails or text messages or then send them to print. You have to somehow stay relevant with your prospective borrowers, right? Yeah. Or Absolutely. your realtor partners, your referral partners. So having these systems in place is absolutely critical. And I think it's a step that especially when all of those refis were coming in and they were easy to get, a lot of people just kind of took those for granted. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they didn't really focus on that database. They didn't really focus on, hey, I've got to stay in front of my potential borrowers. As we shift to purchase, it's even more critical that we continue to build these relationships. What are some of the other ways you build realtor relationships? I get that question all the time, and I'd love to have some insight from you. I have a very small group of realtors, to be honest with you. I've never been a heavy realtor loan officer. Um, and so that's a tough question for me, to be honest with you. Um, I'll take a step back and then I'll, I'll answer your question. But I, I do rely so heavily on my database of, of past clients um, who I kind of turned into my little referral partners um, because of the experience that they've had with me and my team. So I, I get so many people who will call and say, oh, my sister or oh, my, my friend or my coworker gave me your information. And, and that is how I get most of my business. So um, and, let me stop you right there because everyone needs to go back and replay that. Uh, I've talked about this numerous times. I think one of the biggest challenges in the mortgage industry is historically we've been very transaction focused get the Smith file in, get the Smith file out, get the Jones file in, get the Jones file out. And we don't really work to build relationships. Mm -hmm. and, and the average borrower, and I've mentioned this numerous times on this podcast, is going to get seven to 11 loans over the course of their lifetime. And think of how many other people they can refer you to. So the, I love the fact that you talk about it. it's so important 
to nurture that database. You, you've already worked with these people. If you give them a great buyer, buyer experience, borrower experience, and you stay in touch with them through, I'm sure you're referencing like lead nurturing campaigns and everything like that, you're getting a ton of referral business. That's a lot easier than finding a new borrower every time. Absolutely. I, I got a call on Friday from a client who said, oh, I don't know if you remember me. And I save every single borrower because my, my CRM allows me the ability to download like the V card into my, my contacts. So someone in my team, the second I have a name and a phone number, they're going into my CRM, they're being downloaded to my phone and actually the phones of all everyone on my team. So they know who it is when, when someone's calling. So, you know, the guy called and I said, hey, Josh, how are you doing? And he's like, how do you remember me? You know, <laughs> six years ago that I did his last purchase and, you know, other name rings a bell. And, you know, so I, you know, we start talking and, and sure enough, he's looking to purchase another home and his brother wants to refinance. And, and there you go. You know, and it's it's a deal that I did six years ago. And he commented on, you know, thanks for the birthday greetings every year. And, you know, I, I love that you don't send me junk stuff like one of, you know, I guess someone sends him, uh, you know, the recipe of the month. He's like, I don't need a recipe every month. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I just, I appreciate that stuff. And, you know, it, it, it means that what, you know, my efforts are working. So. Well, exactly what you're doing is you're leveraging technology to help you be more effective and foster a better relationship. I think so many times when people talk about technology, they think that the more we automate, that it means the less we have to engage in, and interact with people. And I think it's actually the opposite. I think if people, uh, effectively and very wisely use technology, the technology takes care of a lot of the redundant tasks, so a lot of the manual tasks, but it should never replace the actual relationship that we're building and the fact that you can pull up data and say, hey, that was six years ago, here's the type of loan they got, here's the last correspondence that we had with them. They're like, man, I can't believe you remember me. That fosters incredible goodwill and then they have no problem referring you to another person. And like we said, those uh, leads are so much easier to work than always trying to find that next new borrower. So I, I love that you're doing that. Is there other tech that you find to be very useful, critical, or is there some tech that you still say, if we could do X, Y, or Z, boy, my life would be that much even better? Well, let's see. So I, I use, um, I had mentioned I use a, a task management system and I use it in everyday life for everything right down to my grocery lists. Um, <laughs> I happen to use Asana. I know there's a number of them out there, Trello and some other companies. Um, so my, I use Asana. My whole team is integrated into it. We have templates for all, all of our um all of my files, so all of my leads, all of my prospects, all of my loans, and then there's post-closing and marketing and everything gets tied into it. And I literally could not survive without it. I sit down at my desk in the morning and I, I look to see what my you know assignments are for the day. It, it helps me follow up with clients. So, so if I got a name and a phone number and I'm trying to call that person, I'll set myself a reminder for the next day um, to follow up with them. Um, so that's super helpful if I wanna make a comment to a team member, if I need my LOA to jump in and make a call because I'm not available, um, I can, you know, task it out to him. So that's largely helpful to me. Um, and it's just something that, you know, a platform that I built um, for me and for my team. So it's, uh, and, and like I said, I use it for everything. The grocery list is on a separate project. <laughs> it's just, it's my life blue. <laughs> well, but what you've done now is again, you're leveraging that technology to streamline, create greater efficiencies so that you can do what you need to do. It doesn't take away from that personal relationship it helps your team be more efficient 
because they know what they need to work on and you're not interrupting their day by placing a phone call into them and saying, hey, did you do this, this, and that? It automatically pops up. I love using the workflow tools and the fact that, let's share with our audience a little bit, you're using a workflow management tool, but you had to create a lot of the steps. Kind of walk us through a little bit of kind of how that evolved, because I know it. people get intimidated by taking the time to do that, but look at how much better it has made you and your team. Yeah, it's incredible. And and I'll talk about the evolution of it very quickly. Um, it started out years ago, oh gosh, she's uh, 12 plus years ago, I guess, um, when I had a very small team. Um, and I, we used to create, uh, it, it goes back to my processing days where we had a cover sheet in our, our paper folder. And there was a checklist of all of the documents that you needed from the client. And you'd have to check it off and then you'd you know, copy the file and overnight it to underwriting and you know, all these things. So I took that checklist and I entered it into um, uh, another program called Evernote. And each borrower had their own note with their checklist. So we would make notes like title ordered on what day, appraisal ordered on what day. So after that kind of became outdated, I jumped into uh, a couple, I went through a couple different task management systems and landed in Asana. And it was basically just setting up all of the tasks that are done on a file from start to finish um, from, you know, when it's a lead, when it's a prospect, when it's a loan, when it goes to post close and not all of them apply. So I was kind of almost like pre-underwriting the file for my processing team and just kind of putting together like what I knew would be required on that file. And it's evolved so much because now there are, you know, there's everything changes a year after year with, with this business. So there was always tweaks being made, but it's so easy because I just have a template now that gets copied over for every single borrower who goes through the process with, with me and my team. And it's it couldn't be easier. <laughs> So it may be daunting up front to pull it all together, but the rewards, like you said, are just uh, immeasurable. Well, and I love how you talk about that because I, I've done a number of presentations about you've got to master the art of manufacturing alone. And that's exactly what, what you've done. And because when you can master the standard loan, the typical loan, then you have more time to work on the exceptions. You have more time to foster those wonderful relationships and because you're using technology to help you do that, you've got the database, you can prospect on the front end, you can lead nurture on the back end, and then you have full visibility to everything that's taking place all the way through the manufacturing of that loan. So kudos to you. I, that's why I wanted to talk to you. You have so many great insights. I would be remiss if we didn't mention, you also have a podcast. Tell everyone you know, the name of your podcast, how can they listen to it? What are some of the things that you cover in your podcast? Uh, so it's called Mortgage Cast. Uh, it's on SoundCloud. And I must say that I paused on it slightly. <laughs> we have been so busy over the last year. Uh, and we have um, we need to pick back up where we left off. Uh, my husband, who's my business partner, uh, Tom, he helps me with it. We, we do it together. Um, and he post-produces it all. And he does an amazing job. Um, we have hosted um people title companies realtors um some attorneys a financial planner um and then also the vp of our company that was my favorite episode um he uh got on and kind of told us a lot about the background of our company greenway and how he got started and it was uh, it was a great episode so i'm looking forward to picking that back up and, and getting back into it very soon well you obviously have incredible insights to share i know i'll be listening for that 
next episode and can't wait to hear what you're going to share with the industry. You know, the other thing I wanted to mention as we wind down, and it's amazing how we've just buzzed through this time already. I could sit and talk to you for hours because you have so many great things to share. Also talk about being a lifelong learner and doing coaching and how important you think that is to evolving and you're ever, you know, moving forward with your career. Well, I just finished my first uh, year of coaching with 2020 Vision, and I can't even tell you just how eye-opening it's been. Um, you know, you think you know it all after 25 years, <laughs> and uh, then you you sit down with some of your peers and um, some of the material that um, is, is available to me, and I, you know, a lot of things um, are a bit redundant for me, but there was always a nugget. I, I just call it, I nuggetize each session or each conversation I have. And there would always be something that, oh, I, I, I didn't know that, or I didn't think about that. or And it's it's been those little nuggets that I've been able to plug into my business and it's really brought it to the next level. Um, and I, I'm so excited about it that I actually just got the rest of my team signed up. We're all going to be doing coaching now together. And I, I think talk about the next level. That's just going to be incredible. So well, I'm really congratulations. And, and yeah. it's so true when you talk about you're always going to find that nugget that I always find being a lifelong learner. That's what's going to propel you forward. You know, whether I do coaching or not. I'm getting coached all the time. There's daily e-newsletters that I get. I, I mention a lot. I do Brian Johnson Optimize Plus One. I've read, I think, every John Maxwell book and John Gordon book because there's always that nugget, that little insight that you say, oh, you kind of knew that, but maybe you didn't or you didn't apply it or it's something you may have heard 10 or 15 times, but where you're at on your journey today, it really stuck with you and you're like, I can use that. I can run with it. I think it's so exciting that you're bringing your whole team into the fold. I know that's just going to really just add fuel to the fire. You're such a go-getter. You have so many insights. I love the fact that you build these relationships with the borrower. It's not just a transaction. Aaron, I can't thank you enough for being on this episode of FinTech Hunting Podcast. I know our listeners are going to go back, take notes. You had so many great things to share. If somebody wanted to further the conversation, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? So it's a little cheesy, but AaronTheExpert.com <laughs> is my website. You'll never forget it, but uh, <laughs> there's all, all types of ways to get in touch with me on there. You can schedule um, a call with me uh, via Calendly on there. Uh, my email address is on there. I think my phone number is on there. So I'd certainly be happy to speak to anyone uh, who's got any questions. Fantastic, Aaron. Thank you again. You shared so much great knowledge and insights, and we can't thank you enough for being with us today. Oh, my pleasure, Michael. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Are you looking to close more loans in 2021? Experience Accelerate's award-winning customer engagement platform, featuring lead management, CRM, call routing, sales enablement, marketing automation, borrower engagement, and data intelligence through innovative use of multi-channel marketing, text, social media, email, direct mail, phone, ringless voicemail, retargeting, and so much more. Incelerate, helping lenders close more loans through better borrower engagement. Schedule your personal demo today at Incelerate.com. Are you struggling to keep up with record origination volumes? 
From property valuation and appraisal to title insurance and closing services, WFG Enterprise Solutions provides flexible mortgage origination services that address your organization's needs head-on. By taking the time to understand how you run your business, WFG can create solutions that save you time and money on every transaction. That's why WFG consistently earns Net Promoter's world-class ranking for customer satisfaction. Innovative solutions, world-class customer satisfaction. Get to know WFG today at WFGLS.com. FinTech Hunting is brought to you by Next Level Advisors. Next Level Advisors, where businesses come to grow. Introducing FinLocker, a financial super app that originators can provide their customers to improve credit, create and track budgets, save for their financial goals, and get mortgage ready. Users can even search for a home and start their loan application directly from the app. Create customers for life with FinLocker.